What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This episode of The Warriors Huddle is brought to you by The Athletic Club, Oakland, a sports bar we love. If you listen to this pod, you enjoy watching sports, and you already know that watching games with other fans makes that experience even better. Obviously, catching a game at the house on your own is fine. I've done it for decades, but watching a game in a spot that lets you scream and cheer and just generally lose your shit with other Dub Nation fans is way more fun. COVID took that from us for a while, but the ACO is giving it back. The Athletic Club Oakland has shut down their entire side street, not just the parking spots in front. Their entire side street created an enormous outdoor space called the Town Gardens and filled that space with tables, more than 15 huge TVs, and their full complement of great service, food, and drinks. It's big. It's comfortable. It's a great spot to watch Steph continue to rain threes, the NFL playoffs, or really any other sport with other fans while still staying safe. I love this bar. I love their food. I love their space. I love their TVs. I even love that it's pretty family friendly. I can roll here with friends and get too fired up, or I can go with my wife and kid and simply enjoy a game while also having brunch. The Athletic Club is now our go-to spot to watch all sports, especially the Warriors, and we hope you'll join us there. The Athletic Club Oakland, where sports fans can be sports fans again. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are in. We're in with me, Bram, with me per usual. My boy and producer, Marcus. What's up, Dad Nation? And our master, all things sound, Maxine. How's it going? Gentlemen, we're on the other side of just a fantastic game one victory. How are you feeling? I'm good. Hella good. This is the most relaxed I've been in, well, <laughs> since the playoffs started. Uh, 100%. I mean, even just the lack of angst in this series, right? Like, so we're going to cover the win and all the things, the upsides of that victory and how, I don't know, just exciting it was to be able to watch it play out. But I'll comment now, watching a team that I don't already hate, that there wasn't like all this emotional baggage, you know, the, the, the Memphis series, before they tipped it, I already had developed kind of like a frothy emotional fuck you for every member of that team. And we didn't get to see Phoenix, but I'm positive it would have been the exact same unhealthy experience. And at least so far, I don't have that with Dallas, which is, I don't know, dude, just like a a giant weight off my emotional shoulders, if that makes any sense. For sure. And I I feel like, you know, like from Luca on down, the way the Mavs behave is much more like an organization that I think is worth respecting as an opponent, right? You saw Luca in the post-game presser basically just give it up to the dubs and say they played really well. And that type of maturity is not something that we got from John Morant and the Grizzlies. So I'm just feeling way more relaxed about our opponent. I can appreciate it as basketball instead of getting into my feelings. I can tell you, so, you know, all things hoop-wise, I feel great, couldn't be more fired up. Anything not hoop-related, I feel like shit, boys. So every now and again, I have to take a sleeping pill for, you know, reasons that probably require therapy to really uncover. And I've been given a new one. I, I tried a new one just last night, and I don't know if it's like a normal side effect or if it was my decision to mix it with as much alcohol as I could possibly fit into a single evening. But, dude, I am hurting today. So, like, if these things 
stop making sense more so than they normally do. You know, it is what it is. Just get ready for kind of a down the rabbit hole episode here, because I'm not sure you're going to be able to follow some of my synapses here. But with that in mind, boys, let's jump in and see just how crazy my thoughts get. Let's go to the glass half full. You know how this one works. Look back, limit it to just game one. Give me something you liked or didn't like about Warriors Hoop. Uh, I'll go first. So what what I liked was that um, Kenny Kenny the Jet Smith said it well on uh, TNT on the coverage of the game. He said that aside from Luca, like you look at Luca versus Steph, and there's an argument to be made that's a wash, and then the next best players in the series, you know, probably the next five are the matchups that we have. We're better at every position. So um, what I liked was that we leaned into that and we we didn't play down to our competition. We played up to our potential. So, um, you know, we, Steph and Clay had a terrible first half shooting and we were still winning. And then when we got a little bit hotter, everybody else continued to step up and, you know, we blew them out. So I like that the matchup, I think, still favors us. Um, I said that going in with Monte that, you know, I think this is a good matchup. I know there are a lot of people who think it's bad um, for us, the way that Dallas can shoot the ball. Um, but I just think it, it's a favorable matchup. What I didn't like was that um, it came a little easy. So Dallas is not going to shoot that poorly for the entire series. We've seen that before, and um, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about that uh, at some point during the rest of the pod, but they're not going to shoot that poorly. So um, I just don't want this to be a fool's gold in terms of, oh, we're just going to roll over them and gentlemen sweep. But um, you know, I, I, I think we match up favorably, and I think if we continue to play just that way, obviously, then I think it'll be a short series. Maxime, you're our master of all things sound, so I think I should probably run this by you. Are there any sound effects? Is there something that we can put behind Marcus's voice to make it sound like he's recording from the bottom of a well a little bit more? Because <laughs> I, mean, I can still kind of hear some of the things he's saying and understand some of his points. And I say we just lean all the way into it. It sounds like we've like kidnapped this fool and are only allowing him to speak on occasional Warriors topics. It's like a, a scene out of fucking... Uh, the Silence of the Lambs or something. Marcus, I can only hope that you're doing well uh, and that that background is not masking the fact that you're actually in a well somewhere. Uh, I'll, I'll go. I got some things I like and don't. I could go big points, easy points. I could tell you that I'm really happy to have uh, Steve Kerr back in my life. We saw an alternating, fairly complicated defense on Luka uh, last night. And it wasn't just what Wiggins did, although that was impressive. It was also a mismatch of Wiggins and then the occasional zone and then back to Wiggins and then a different zone. That's Kerr. And I loved to have him back on the sidelines, not just for actual coaching decisions, but for the confidence he kind of gives me, you know, seeing him back there. Um, I could tell you I love watching Wiggins' continued metamorphosis, you know, from a guy who's like go-to defining characteristic as a player with someone who didn't always show up to now like the heart of our playoff defense and, you know, someone who's uh, earning the nickname uh, playoff Wigs. But instead of any of that, I'm going to go petty, boys. Here's what I fucking really like. I like the difference a day makes in Luca photographs. 
So we go back a couple of days ago and a photograph uh, surfaces of Luca having the fucking time of his life. It looked like grabbing a drink over at Sins in the Embarcadero. It was the day before game one. And he had, you know, the confidence that comes with a guy who just beat the favorite. And he looks like he had not a care in the world and was absolutely ready to go. Fast forward about 36 hours and take a look at a photograph that was taken of him on the bench with about three minutes left where he has a giant battle scar across his fucking cheek. He looks like someone has just stolen all eight of his puppies and he's not sure what the hell to go. Like there couldn't be more concerns. Like not, not to say he won't bounce back. I'm sure he will. But as someone who was kind of annoyed by the, oh, look how comfortable Luca is in this setting. It was great to see that other photograph. I'll just put it that way. Yeah, he looked like uh, Kylo Ren when Kylo Ren found out that his dad was Han Solo. You know what I mean? It's just like a total bummer. Uh, I do. I mean, kind of. I, I don't remember his facial expression, but I imagine it was a shocked one. <laughs> Same scar, too. Same, Same scar. Exactly right. Uh, I'll give you something that I like and something that I didn't. Um, I love seeing Jordan Poole finish underneath the hoop regain some of that confidence and have some of those tricky finishes. If he's going to be scoring like that for the rest of the series, uh, Dallas is going to have a very hard time. Um, Something I didn't like, I just want to point out, you know, what you said, Bram, it's uh, Dallas got a lot of open looks from the three point line and they shot historically bad, right? They're one of the best three point shooting teams in the league overall this season. Certainly of the remaining four, they're the best three point shooting team. If we continue to give them those open looks, they're eventually going to start hitting them. And that's a pretty scary scenario. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, add on the Jordan Poole like thing is just kind of a random thought but we've all watched basketball forever uh, and that's true for the people who are listening you know and because of that there's not a lot of new things that we see on the basketball court there's impressive things there's emotional things there's there's things that are worth watching but a lot of the time you know offensive moves tend to fall into categories we've already watched and I remember when the Eurostep first introduced itself into the game. I had never seen that and it really stuck out. And then since then, there hasn't been a lot of new shit. I'd say once a game, Jordan Poole has a move that I've just never fucking seen before. It's just not at all. And it's not like one of those lucky ones where you get fouled and throw it over your head and it happens to go in. You could tell he has practiced all of those angles, all of those uh, you know, backdrops with his footwork. It is impressive and it's brand new. Um, I'll give you something that I don't like. Wear the shirt, Chase Center. I don't fucking get it, dude. Like it's it's bad enough where if they give out a shirt and you refuse to wear it, just generally speaking. And then, you know, ratchet it up one. Then we get into the playoffs and they give you a shirt and they're asking you to show solidarity with the team and you still don't put it on. That's upsetting. Last night, dude, they went back to the We Believe shirts on purpose. It wasn't an accident. They're playing Dallas again. They took out the yellow shirts as a concerted effort. Join us. We are all one entity to beat these motherfuckers. And Chase Center didn't feel it necessary to join that entity. They literally wouldn't put on the shirt. So I'm out. I, I, I don't know what we can do to fix it, but I'm getting very frustrated and it's a broken record at this stage. Well, coming to you live from the well, I can tell you that as Chase Center fans, we're still loud. And despite not wearing the yellow shirts, we gave the business to Charles Barkley. So I think if, if that's going to happen and continue to happen and we are as loud as we are, then I will forgive 
our fellow Dub Nation fans for not wearing the yellow shirt. That said, put on the fucking shirt. <laughs> did you see? Did you see the? Uh, so obviously, you know, Chuck got into a very public back and forth with Warrior fans on the TNT broadcast. They're out there doing the thing at Thrive City, and it's say, you know, boo Chuck, like that kind of stuff. But there was a social media thing that surfaced that didn't make TNT's broadcast, where someone's behind the set. And they're screaming like F you Chuck or something like that. We hate Chuck. And they must have been a commercial break because Chuck turns around and says, if you keep saying that, I'm going to fuck your mother. Literally, that is a, a word for word. I will pull that quote and we'll insert it here. Chuck! And it's the kind of thing I'm like, oh my God. Like, I get that. <laughs> Um, you know, Chuck says what he wants. And there it was a tongue in cheek. He, he wasn't flying off the handle, but it was more of a response than I saw uh, or I would have anticipated coming. And I can only hope that I didn't just hallucinate that this morning as part of my drug induced taste. I guess we'll find out together if I say this and then there is no clip included. I mean, it did not happen. And my apologies to Charles Barkley boys. Or it was just you behind the set screaming. It's, yeah, it's actually me screaming at a television screen this morning, <laughs> thinking that I'm at the set. You know, it's like, it was what it was. He's I'm telling Erica, like, yeah, you won't believe it, Erica. I'm at Thrive City. I'm saying for no reason. I'm in our fucking living room. No, whatever. Don't judge my, uh, my drug choices. Let's get into our golden questions. This is our mailbag. Uh, it occasionally gets personal. Today, it's more Warriors-based, and here's our first. Gentlemen, everyone was worried about this series. Nobody said it would happen in anything less than six games, and now we're on the other side of a 25-point victory. After watching game one, do you now believe this will be an easy series? So, Marcus, you kind of addressed this already. Um, let's let you pick up where you let off, man. What do you think? Are, are we out of the woods here, or are you still worried? No, I don't think so. I, I still, th I mean, if we play like we did um, in game one, then I don't see anybody beating us, but I don't think we stay that consistent. This will still be a, a hard series. Dallas has been here before. They've been down 2-0 to Phoenix. Um, and, you know, we have, a, we have a habit of getting complacent and, you know, we're, we're due for 20 plus turnover game a few times probably. So I don't think it's going to be easy by any stretch of the imagination, but I do think this was helpful in our confidence. And what, what upset me the most was all the coverage about this series before game one was how will the Warriors stop Luca? What will the Warriors do to stop the Mavericks? How will the Warriors do this? And it was like, like, it's the opposite. Like, what will the Mavericks do to unseat the Warriors? Like, the Warriors are the ones with the pedigree and the three championships and the dynastic team members who are, who are back at it again and playing again. The question isn't how are we going to stop Luka? It's how is Luka going to stop us? And the fact that they're not putting that spin on it is infuriating and disrespectful. And I hope that it's a quicker series because of that. So that all the reporters who were covering it that way just turns out their it actually pie. was Marcus screaming at Chuck behind the <laughs> so nicely played, man. You're out of the well. Um, I completely agree with you. I mean, the the way that the media has been 
uh, focusing on this is as if they're just too close to it. You know, that like if you put together a list of the top five players in this series, there's certainly a compelling reason that says it starts with Luka. And I get it. And that's all they're talking about. But if you zoom out and finish off that list, there's also a compelling reason you could say the next four are all fucking warriors. You know, and so and we we saw that strength in numbers. We saw, you know, the the talent that the Warriors are able to put out there. So I, I agree with you, man. They should be focusing on how they're going to stop us. Does this mean we steamroll to a victory? No, you know, fuck, man, we, we held serve is what happened. Um, I can say there's a lot of encouraging things. Um, the Both Splash Brothers had a terrible first half shooting. We still walked away with an easy win. Um, all of those terrible turnovers that frustrated the hell out of us in that last series, especially the forced backdoor ones, we didn't see those. In fact, what we saw is a lot of those passes not only being completed, but leading to wide open layups. It's a, there's a world where maybe it was just Memphis's defense that was forcing those turnovers, and this matchup is actually way better for us. But does that mean we can count on this for sure? No. You know, just as Marcus said, Dallas has seen this before. You know, rewind the clock to that last series. Dallas lost the first two games. They lost by seven. Then they lost by 20 in game two. And after that 20-point loss, everybody, every pundit said, oh, it's done. Phoenix is going to win. It's probably a sweep. You know, they started focusing on Phoenix dominance. And then what happened? Dallas came screaming back. So is it time to put gray, you know, uh, dirt on this team's grave? Is it time to start calling out a no-hitter in the first? No, but it was certainly encouraging. Uh, clean sweep for you, Maxim, or do you think uh, you know we're guaranteed a, a gentleman sweeper? Oh, no, 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 no. I think it would be very foolish to underplay uh, the potency of Dallas's offense, not just Luka, but, uh, I mean, Jalen Brunson, Dorian Finney-Smith can all hit from three, uh, and we should expect that that to be the case. You know, I think if I'm a, if I'm a Mavs fan, you know, I did some perusing on the Mavs um, subreddit uh, this morning, there's a lot of people saying exactly what you just said. Look, we were down 0-2 against Phoenix. We had the blowout. You know, all season long, Jason Kidd was the master of making adjustments um, in game. And then when you get to the playoffs, he's the master of making adjustments as the series goes on. You know, there's no reason to expect him to be any less amazing as a coach in this series. With that said, it's pretty hard to scheme against a defense that changes literally every play. So I don't really know. You know, I mean, we'll see. This is the reason that I don't get paid millions of dollars to be an NBA coach. I don't I don't know what to do. Um, I wouldn't know what to do on either side. But I would say right now, Steve Kerr is one step ahead of Jason Kidd, at least in this chess match. Keep the mic. You worried about Steph's free throws? Absolutely, I'm worried about Steph's free throws. It's very concerning. That's the one bellwether that that is, you know, that you can't subject to him being double teamed, to him having to be run around, to him drawing extra attention so that other players are left open. It's a very scary situation. I mean, there there are tons of reasons off court, you know, there are tons of reasons on court for him to be having a, a tough showing. But um, it, it's concerning for somebody that is so mentally tough, you know, who's grinning at the free th- at the free throw line, right, to like seal off a series, um, you know. I just it doesn't feel quite right his facial expressions after the misses now are starting to worry me Mm. it's no longer like ah mistakes happen you could tell it's kind of weighing in on him he doesn't understand it mt are you worried about it is this a nothing thing you know it's the kind of thing you worried about when everything else is going well i don't think it's a nothing thing um this team we, we are not the team that was in the on the dynasty run and with kd so there's I'm always worried about this team a little bit more than 
than just steamrolling and, and, you know, going to the finals and winning a four one. So um, it's, there's always something to this team. And I, so I wouldn't call it nothing. I just, I think we are due for a good run. And again, I just like the matchup, you know, like I'm probably in the minority of that, but um, I just think when you look at how Dallas plays defense and their size and what they like to do, it matches up well with what we do if we're hitting shots. I will bet either of you that Steph goes 10 of 10 in his next free throws, his next 10 free throws, does not miss one. I have, I'll bet you a hundred beans that says, you know, as of right now, what's today? The 19th. Today is uh, May 19th, 2022. In, you know, starting in game two, Steph's next 10 free throws all go in. Either of you want to take that bet? So what you're telling me is that you're not particularly worried. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, what I might be telling you is I'm trying to, I'm so worried that I'm trying to reverse jinx this shit that I'm trying to like force it in the other direction. But I, you know, I, I can't tell. I'm too drug hazed to be able to tell you if this is false confidence or real confidence, but take advantage. Where are you boys at? I got hundred beans says he goes 10 for 10. I'll take that. I think he goes, he misses at least one. I could see him doing nine for 10. All right, let's go to our second to last question. And it's one that uh, hits me pretty close to home here. Um, quote, boys, I'm sure you have noticed that Chase Interfan is not wearing the shirt. Pause. Yeah, I've noticed. I bitched about that for like 30 seconds, man. Uh, continuing on. How do we get Chase Interfan to wear the shirt? So we need some ideas here, right? Think uh, out of the box. What are some things we can do? I'll go first to give you boys some time to think. I think we need heartfelt messages from the players. All right. So I keep selling this as the reason they're giving out the shirt. It's not, you know, as like um, a giveaway to help accompany your ticket. It's not like a little bonus that they're giving you so you can bring something home. That's not what's going on. What the what Chase Center is trying to tell you is this is a way you can help our team. This is a way you can intimidate our opponents. But them just giving it out is not really, you know, getting that message home. So let's start fucking recording some messages. Get Steph to record a 30 second thing like, look, you guys mean the world to us. We need you. And what we need you to do right now is wear the shirt. Get JP to do the same thing. Have warriors from the past. Have Jay Rich. Have Baron Davis. You know, for the We Believe shirt, have Baron Davis wearing it, you know, and then explain to everybody why it's important. But personalize it. Make everyone understand it. And then if Chase Center decides to not put it on, it's an active decision of, okay, fuck you. I won't support you. You know, let's let's put some, some um, I don't know, teeth to this, some credibility behind it. What do you guys got? Well, I got a pitch for you. But before I do that, I think one of the things that I heard that people are why people are reticent to put their shirt on is because they're all extra larges. And so it looks like you're in a dress. And I'm wondering if we do have these, you know, videos of players, I think it would make sense for them to be wearing the shirts while they're imploring uh, fans to be wearing the shirt, too. So the question is, do we make them look form fitting and good on them? Or do we have them also be like triple XL so that their dresses on the players, too? Form fitting, hundred percent. There's no way anyone's going to shoot the video if you go the dress, uh, the dress approach. So, absolutely, anyone wanted to look fairly good on them, 
how the individual fans look, I don't care. We're looking for, I mean, it's, it's literally, we don't want them to be individualized. What we want is one giant sea of fans, you know, one, one collective organism that is screaming down on the opposing team. So yeah, I, I say form fitting for the players and then you know let the moo-moos go for the fans. All right. So, so here's my pitch. The deal is, uh, you know, it's just like the lottery, right? Why do people buy lottery tickets? It's because they think that they're going to be the one in a million that's actually going to get the overall pot, right? And what that does is it causes a bunch of people to buy in, which is why the pot is so big. The same thing applies here. Nothing is going to motivate people more than a little cash. And Joey Lacob has nothing but cash, right? So my proposal is you do something like you give away ten thousand. You give away forty thousand dollars over the course of a game, one per quarter to a different fan, and you just like put them on the big screen because they're wearing the shirt. And then boom, right away, one of those you know rally guys comes in with a ten k check, hands it to them on the spot. Ten thousand dollars that would get everybody in the arena wearing the shirts immediately. Make it like a golf check too, one of those like big giant ass checks that they hand off so that everybody could see it. So I love this idea from the fans' perspective. If I'm a fan, would I put on the shirt for the chance to win ten k? Fuck yeah. If I'm Joe Lake. Am I immediately signing on to this? So here's how I, I imagine them presenting this because, you know, they don't want to like give him logistics, but at some point he must be looking at the, the tax bill on the bottom line, you know? And so he like, he points out like, Oh, like 200 million, where's this going? Well, 125 million for Jordan pool. And then we got the tax bill. And so then we got to do this. Like, Fuck. Okay. It is what it is, dude. Fine. Fine. Um, you know, 60 million, where's this going? Well, we wanted to keep loon and GP two is really important. So we had to do fine, man. Fuck. Three million dollars. What's this? Oh, we had to pay the fans to wear the free fucking shirts that we're giving out. It's just like, what? what? What are you talking about? Why do we need to pay the fans to wear the shirt? Bram, you're off by literally a factor of 10, right? We're talking about a remaining possible eight games now seven games right that that could be so seven times four you're talking about two hundred and eighty thousand dollars that is a drop in the bucket for joe lake well i thought you meant like throughout the season i thought this is i want something to fix this throughout i want to regain Mm -hmm. our you know when they give out the shirts i want reasons for people to wear it for example those videos you can do them at any point you know, it's not going to cost anybody any money. There's no bottom line consideration, but I hear you. I, 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 so yours is more of a, when we get to the like Western conference, like the ones that really matter. Yes. That's when the golf check gets, uh, gets thrown out there. That's right. I like it. I think one of the other things is just, it's tough to put on a t-shirt. Like, you know, a, a lot of the times, <laughs> like, like when you get, there you know like you're you're putting on what you want to wear there like and then you know a lot of people wear college shirts or button downs if, if they are coming from work like to put a t-shirt on over it just looks a little silly and they just end up not doing it so i wonder if we go a different type of swag route like you know do we do towels something that everybody will be it'll be easier for them to engage i love like the shirt and having you know yellow blanket the entire stadium but there's also something cool it's the reason why you know the Steelers do it with the terrible towels like is there another piece of swag that we could do I think that would improve the engagement as well I'll tell you what I'm wondering I'm wondering if there's some footage in Chase Center of you trying to like put a shirt by putting your head through the armhole or something (laughs) and you're just like this is too hard like you throw it down in disgust like how do they expect me to figure out how to put on this fucking shirt (laughs) (laughs) do you believe this is bullshit (laughs) I, I mean 
It might be we we and this is maybe just me being an old man shaking my fist in a new sports landscape that I can't identify with. Um, but if we have literally reached the point where people's outfits are more important than them supporting the team, you know, and that like the effort of figuring out how to get a shirt on above your dress shirt is just too much. So much so that we have to use something else. It's gotta be a towel. That makes me sad, man. Like it, it's, it's an unfortunate reality, but it might be, you know, I, mean, I because I, I mean, let me ask you this. If they did that MT, um, well here, let me start with the foundational question. What percentage do you think people uh, wore the shirt last night? Like 30, 40, like what would you put it at? 40 max. Yeah, I'd say like let's we'll put a we'll put a cap there. If it was towels, how many people wave them? Do you think they get 100% or is Chase Center too cool for the towel wave too? I think they get at least 90%. Yeah, I think so. Um yeah, I think so. And they'd probably have like towel waving videos. I'm judging by your facial expressions, Maxime, that you did not agree with that. Well, <laughs> that it, or you just smell the terrible fart in your face. No, 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 no. Curl that. My fart smell like roses or whatever. Um, sure. uh, listen, I it's not the 90%. I believe that there would be 90% sometimes. And I believe that 90% would coincide with the Warriors going on a run. It's the same problem that we have with this fan base not necessarily knowing when the team actually needs our help. They're not going to be throwing the towels up when we really need to see that support. You know, that's that's why uh, the, the shirts are ever-present. That's what makes the shirt work fair. so much better. That's, that's absolutely fair. Marcus, what if, in addition to my video idea, we have them shoot another video that's a lot like those things you see on airlines where it teaches you how to put on the shirt you know like you don't instead of a seatbelt, it's like okay you put your head through this part your arms through here it's hella big so you'd be fine what do you think does that solve any problems or it, it may help but you would need to show how you could coordinate that shirt with your current <laughs> outfit to get a lot of fans to do it as well i just told you i'm shaking my fist angrily i don't need you to underline that in any way boys our final question uh, the spread for game two is six and a half. I, you don't have to give me what you think um, the ultimate point spread will be. I just want you to have that as a foundation. What happens in game two? Where we win or lose? I say we win, and I think we beat the spread. Nice. Um, I say we win, but we don't cover the spread. I think it's a close one, but we still go up 2-0. <laughs> I guess I have to change my prediction. I felt so smart. So you guys may remember when I said the Warriors went in six, I hedged it with, but they're going to lose one of these home games. Um, after that performance, even after I just spent, I don't know, 25 minutes telling you like, don't overreact. This doesn't change anything. It does change something for me. I do think that the Warriors win this next game. Um, and I'll say that they cover the spread, although I will also say that Luca comes out and has a huge game. Um, I, I don't think that we've secretly found out, you know, the the way to stop him. Here, uh, over under Luca points, 30. What do you guys take? Over. Over. Yeah. Unfortunately, I agree. Uh, I should have done that before the Warriors win thing. Now we're kind of like leaving on a. All right, let's one more time. Do you guys think the Warriors are going to win? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Boom. Andy Warriors in three. <laughs> on a high note. If you want to get any questions to us, let us know we did a good job, bad job. If you just want to send out a search party to help Marcus out of the well, the fastest way to get in contact with us is through our email address, which is at huddle at warriorshuddle.com. We also have a very small social media presence. We're on Twitter, which is the at Warriors Huddle. With that in mind, go Warriors. Hopefully, we'll see you real soon.
Good, good. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc what's so special about hero bread soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas these ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar fewer calories and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health shop now at hero.co